Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. And I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host. Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, we've got a special guest today because we've got an expert on the area of grief and loss who's been trained as an anthanatologist by the Association of Death Educators. And it's so important to have people that have these skills, isn't it? It is, Mom. We're going to talk today about how to take care of yourself after a loss, which is very key. Because as our guest knows, oftentimes when we have a loss, especially if we have other people in the family that are grieving, we, we end up taking care of them. And I know as a sibling, I definitely did that. You end up worrying about your parents and taking care of your parents rather than yourself. So we're gonna talk about tips and tools for self-care today. Great, do you wanna introduce our guest, Heidi? Sure, our guest is Nicole Stangle, and she is a bereavement coordinator at Children's Hospital of Wisconsin. She is the chair of Southeast Wisconsin Grief Network and an educator for Traumatic Incident Resource, a nonprofit which provides services for first responders. So welcome to the show, Nicole. Thank you, I'm honored to be here. Grief is pretty all-consuming. And I know when I'm, I'm working with families, uh, oftentimes I just hear, they say how they feel selfish. You know, that they're, they're concentrating on themselves and their needs and, and really have to work with them that grief is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And it, it's exhausting and it's tiring and you need to take care of yourself because if you're not taking care of yourself, you can't take care of those who you're taking care of, you know, your family, your friends. It's certainly a, a trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no way around saying that it's not a, um, a traumatic event in somebody's life. Um, when they find out um, that their loved one has, has died. There's some of the things that people can do to take care of themselves early on when they've had a loss? Um, One of the first things that I'll coach um, somebody on is um, to take their own advice um, and not worry about what others are telling them. Uh, Oftentimes they have um, other family members or friends that out of very good intentions and and heartfelt intentions, telling them how to grieve, how not to grieve, what to do, what not to do, you know, the should, shouldn'ts, Mm -hmm. and um, really to figure it out that they, there's no right or wrong way on how either to grieve or to take care of themselves and what they need, and that they really need to um, worry about and think about, okay, what do I need, what's right for me, or what's right for my family, and, and to go from there and not really worry about what somebody else thinks is right. I, I think that is really key because at the beginning, there is a lot of people that will shit on you. You should be doing this and you shouldn't be doing that. And you should be doing this. And I've also noticed, you know, I worked with 9-11 fire department families for 10 years. And I noticed that I was working with families that had lost a husband. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that oftentimes the children, especially the oldest, would come in and, and, you know, protect the mother, the widow. Right. 
And they wouldn't want her to do things and attend various memorials and see various things. And they would protect her too much. And she would often listen to that. And then she would resent it later on. And then if you're thinking broader, what, is, what do we as a family need right now? And I, I know, especially we're, we're starting to head into those holiday um, events. And so really working and, and thinking about, okay, as a family, what's good for us? What is taking care of us? Does it mean that we have to attend everything or can we say no to things? You know, I um, want to ask you uh, though, um, sometimes uh, when my son was killed, one of the things that I noticed is sometimes people wanted to treat my husband and I as a unit. Yeah. Right. Like we were all in agreement about everything that should be done, who should go where, what, right. you know, we should be doing it. And we had totally different grieving styles and totally different issues and totally different things exactly. that we wanted to go to. I really um, encourage families to be proactive. And um, as they're thinking about what they need to um, really communicate that out to either other family members or to friends and to be just really open and honest and say, this is what I need mm -hmm. or this is what I don't need mm -hmm. and, and do it in a gentle way, but um, kind of giving them permission and saying, it's okay to tell and communicate to them to even if it's you know your work your co-workers your, mm -hmm. your leader at work what do you need and mm -hmm. what would be helpful because i said um it's kind of a win-win when we do that because then we can get what we need and everybody else is in the same boat as in they don't know how to support you they've never might not have ever have supported somebody what are some specific things that you recommend as self-care? I mean, what do you uh, tell people to do? Um, I often uh, will talk about what they did before. Um, you know, what did they just do in their lives to take care of themselves? You know, did they exercise? Were they runners? Were they um, gardeners? Did they like to read? You know, kind of and re-looking at that because as you know, when we're grieving, we're, we often don't have that energy mm -hmm. to put into those things that we used to enjoy. So starting to re-explore that and not everything is going to bring us the same amount of um, pleasure or give us exactly what it used to give us, um, but to see, okay, what still kind of can distract us or what still makes us feel good mm -hmm. um, and to start from there and then to really start looking at then other things too that we can start supplementing in. Um, part of that is being really intentional about it. So, you know, sometimes it might be, you're gonna have to schedule it in. You don't need to explain to people what you're doing. That's true. You can say, I have an appointment or I'm busy, you know, and it may be that you're going to go for a walk, right. but you don't have to get permission from people to, to do those kind of things. I, I like that because sometimes there's judgment and right. if we had a loss. We feel like, okay, if we take care of ourselves, then people might judge us and think, well, she didn't love her brother. Why is she, why is she out there exercising or she didn't love her son? Why is she golfing? I talk about generalities, right? Because everybody's different. Um, but I'll often warn families that that second year 
can be even harder mm -hmm. because at first year you're going through so many firsts. Mm -hmm. um, and so and you're, you're, kind, of, you're as, kind of proud of yourself to get through some of it too. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then that second year comes and it's almost like those times when in that first year, you know, people talk about when they're driving, right? Oftentimes that's when it hits them. Um, and that's when they allow themselves to, to cry or they really kind of go into their grief because it's, they're alone. So that second year is kind of like that. It's like now things have settled a little bit more so it can really sink in a lot more on, on what that loss looks like in their life. Um, so this yeah. Is this is how it's gonna be, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like to say to people, you know, you look like you're getting worse, but you're really getting better. Exactly. It's like uh, you're thawing out. The mm -hmm. clock is wearing off and the reality is setting in. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like you are moving forward, but it sometimes doesn't feel like it. Mm -hmm. Because you, you, think, you feel like, why do I feel worse? I don't get it. I thought every day was supposed to, I was supposed to be feeling better. And that's right. the confusing part, as you know, Nicole, about grief and loss, because it comes in waves. It doesn't come in nice, neat stages. Sometimes we take two steps forward and one step back. Right, right. You know, and I, I like to tell people when you're, you're experiencing those, you know, more um, that grief piece, you know, those pain, the loneliness, the sadness that, that comes with grief, um, and you're struggling with that, that, that's a really positive thing because that's a, the healthy thing. Yeah. So even though we don't want to be doing it, you're doing exactly what you need to be doing to be healthy because mm -hmm. that's your way your mind and your body is trying to integrate that loss and that relationship. What does that look like now? And it's doing what it's supposed to be doing to help you do that. So mm -hmm. try to like turn that around that even though we don't want to be doing that, it's so healthy to be there. Mm -hmm. You know, I know you work with uh, firefighters helping them uh, with trauma, right? Correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, that's one thing I wanted to mention or, or, or get your mind on. Um, we have people who've had a loss a while ago, you know, maybe even five or six years ago, who are saying to us, I really feel like I should be moving on more, but I, I just can't get out of my head when I did CPR on my loved one or when. I found them or I want to move beyond that. I would encourage them to probably seek out a professional, um, mental health professional, um, just to help them with that. If it's imagery, um, if it's continued, you know, maybe nightmares. Um, sometimes I'll give people that have, um, it could be smells. I mean, it could be anything like that. Uh, but if that just seems that it's not dissipating over time, that we would really want to see them uh, seek therapy, just to, for their therapist to give them some more tools and skills to help them manage that a little bit more so that that starts to um, dissipate and that frequency decreases as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because people can, as you know, Nicole, get really trapped in the trauma narrative. Correct. And, and I like what you're saying, you know, that sometimes you need, you need to go to talk to a counselor and you might need to tell your story in detail, in detail, right. the public can't hear it. There's right. so many ways that, as you know, the, the regular person in the world will stop us from telling our story and will kind of divert us and change the topic. And, and these first responders sometimes need to 
to really talk about it. I know when I worked with the fire department, the firefighters here, uh, one thing they told me that really helped after 9-11, because, you know, they were down at ground zero for nine months, finding remains, often of their own, you know, guys in their own uh, firehouse. And one thing they told me that helped a lot with some of them, if, if you're out there and you really feel like you're stuck in the trauma, is EMDR. Oh, and yes. I don't know what you would tell them. Can you talk about that a little bit? Um, I... It's something that I know I've always wanted to be trained in um, just because I've seen just wonderful results, um, especially with that, that trauma piece that if, you know, if it's imagery or those type of things that you kind of are stuck with that um, going to a therapist that does EMDR, I've had, I've heard nothing but really good results from that. Still remember Right. What happened, it doesn't erase the memory, but it erases the strong emotion and Correct. the trauma that's, that's, you know, still bothering you. And the thing that I think is interesting oftentimes with people that have had trauma, and you know this as well, is that when we talk about the trauma, sometimes we can talk about it as if we're present today. I can talk about my brother's death without moving into the trauma. But for those of, of you out there that when you talk about the traumatic loss, you, you feel like you're back in it. Do you feel like you're back there? That is when you might want to talk to somebody else, as Nicole said, because you don't want to have to keep revisiting and going back in time. Yeah. So Nicole, what, what advice would you give out there to people that are within the first few years of their grief and um, don't know how they're going to survive? Um, I think connecting with others who are going through grief themselves, a support group I think is um, really helpful and can be very supportive. I think there's, there's something that you gain being with others who get it, who understand, you don't have to give the backstory because if you say you've been having certain thoughts or you have certain feelings, um, they get it. You don't have to lead up to it or try to put it in context or defend how you feel or what you're thinking. Um, you get people who understand and then normally in the support group you get people who might be um, uh, earlier in their grief than you or further along in their grief. So lots of times there's that person who's kind of a little bit further so then they can talk about what was helpful for them. So maybe it's not for what they did isn't for you, but it might spark something. Would you like to give us your uh, website for your um, program? Um, it is uh, www.chw.org. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and for all the good works that you're doing at the Children's Hospital of Wisconsin. Well, thank you so much for having me. And, and thank you for bringing hope to so many that are, that are struggling to find it. Well, Heidi and I want to thank everybody for uh, listening and watching the show today. And we want to remind you all that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own. And God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation, where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.